Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast came. Oh, you're still recording. Three. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Good afternoon, Jason Coombs. Good afternoon, Samantha Sikorax Titsolo. Oh my God. I just had a <laughs> flashback. So to what? To the so you know, I just came off of this whole wedding weekend. Haley got married. It was a beautiful weekend. I'm still recovering from, you know, hangovers, but also like emotional hangovers. It was just so beautiful. Great, great weekend. But um Haley was in the Tempest with me when we went to Scotland when I was originally Sycorax. And very drunk, I believe, on wedding night. We acted oh, wow. the whole skit out. I can't believe I didn't even tell you until right now. Really? Yes, we acted the whole skit out because in Scotland, she was the tree. So she was standing behind me, very drunk, being the tree at the, at her wedding. And then Robin, guest number two, was doing the monologue. And he was like the evil witch Sycorax. And I did the whole thing. And I wonder oh if gosh. somebody has it on video. So hello. Nice to see you. That is the that, that is the hilarious. story that I needed to tell you about today. Aww. Wow, that is so good. <laughs> How are you? I feel like I haven't seen um, or spoken to you in years, and it's been not even a week or just a week. No, I'm okay. It's been a, a very tough, hard week, but you know, we're here, we're hot, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. surviving, we're doing yeah. the best we can. Exactly, everyone's doing the best they can emotionally it's been rough what's going on well you know i was um i'm feeling very swamped preparing for this festival you know because it's like every day it gets closer and whatnot so i was talking to um i reached out to like this old professor i had festival and we were just like catching up because i haven't talked to him like you know face to face right do zoom in so long and you know i was just telling him how like much more challenging i thought it was going to be and he was just sharing about this ballet dancer who was like a Tony Award winner. And like, I think he's an EGOT winner, actually, named Jacques D'Amboise. <laughs> oh, man, I hope I didn't ruin that. But I guess he just recently passed. And, you know, I was saying how it's like the festival is really tough, you know, getting it ready. It's a lot more challenging than I thought, but it's going to be fun, right? It's going to be fun that weekend. It's going to be all worth it. And he was like, well, you know, a lot of the artists, you know, talk about the work being fun, but it's not always fun, right? When you're, if you're being honest with ourselves, it is hard work, right? No matter what kind of art you do, it is a job. It's a very fulfilling job for us emotionally. But um, he said a better way of looking at it might be that the work is work, but it's a joyful experience for us. And I was like, wow, that makes so much more sense, right? Because it's like the, being an artist and like creating, it brings us this feeling. I'm sure you can relate it may be tough and you may like, you know, you have your rehearsals and you're like sweating and you're dancing your ass off or you're singing or, you know, or you're like writing this, this script and you like are spending a year on it and everything seems so tough and your road's crumbling and you're working like five survival jobs and you're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. But when you actually get to share that art, that feeling you get is just joy. I love that. And I was like, yes. wow. So I've been like trying to look up this guy because I felt bad. I didn't really know who he was. Yes, that really gave me a really nice sense of some insight to me that I really appreciated. So shout out to Jeff Sheehan. Um, shout for, out to Jeff. Yeah, for sharing that. That is nice. Me. 
That's really nice. nice. As you were saying, and I, I want to share a story that came to mind as you were telling yeah. this story in high school, the, the, the musicals at my high school were like cutthroat, like not cutthroat, but it was like, mm-hmm. if you got cast in the Nora Kai musical, you made it. That's how we all felt. Um, And I got cast as Anita. I think I talked about this in the podcast. Yeah, with Robin. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very white girl. Very much not Anita. But I was cast as Anita my junior year of high school. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done because, you know, I'm bigger. I was bigger then, bigger again. And this is also I want to talk about today, self-love, and I'll get to it in a minute. And I was really struggling with the dance. You know, the dance at the gym in West Side Story. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I I was just, I was not a dancer. I like danced and took dance class and loved to dance, but I'm definitely not and was never a dancer dancer. (laughs) So there was (laughs) like one day when my mom picked me up from rehearsal because I was 16 years old and I just cried and I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this, this role. Like I can't do it. And it was so tough and hard. But looking back then, like once we got through the rehearsal process and the whole experience, I'm 30 years old and I'm still talking about ex- an experience, um, an artistic experience that happened when I was 16. So I, when you were saying that, it just reminds me like it's not always all fun work. It's tough and it's sad. Yeah. And it's hard, but it but it's worth it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'll never forget. I was like, I'm so fat. I can't do this part. I can't do the slide across the stage. And by the way, I never really did the slide across the stage, but I, but I'm sure you did. I made it my own. Yeah. You made your own and I'm sure you were very memorable in the work. Yeah. I'm sure you're proud of the work you did too. I mean, you know, we're 16. Yeah. I was 16 (laughs) and it was like fun. And I look at that now and like that whole experience, what it did for me as a, an artist and just a person, like it was great. But yeah, that story. And the joy and the pride, the pride that you probably felt after accomplishing it, right? That's a huge yeah. role. And it's it was and such an iconic. And I'm not it's like a dance heavy show. Yeah, it's a dance heavy show. I'm not a singer like that. You know, I act my face off when I am giving the chance to. <laughs> but I'm, yeah. you know, it was really challenging, and you know, I was as good as I could have been at 16 in a high school production. But <laughs> but but it was very hard, also. Well, Jason, I'm sorry that you're feeling like a lot of stress and uh, burden from everything. But, you know, I think I think you're onto something when you know that it's going to be worth it. And you're the start of something. Thank you. I think it's just like, you know, a lot of things happening. Um, And excuse, I'm just going to apologize for my audio because we are recording this and someone is mowing their lawn. So if you have really good speakers and you do hear that, then. I apologize, but you know what? It is what it is. The way the cookie crumbles these days. (laughs) The way the cookie crumbles these days. Repeat that. One day we'll be in our studio podcast mm-hmm. studio with amazing audio and snacks <laughs> and snacks. snacks you need the snacks and wine definitely <laughs> and, wine and maven no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was a good one. <laughs> but you know there's like i think the way i'm feeling is just more of you know not just the stress of like doing the thing but the stress of the world you know i feel like there's just a lot happening and like most artists, you know, I think I'm very sensitive to things, mm. you know, very in tune to what's just happening in our world. And I, I know this podcast is um, a podcast that we use to escape from the constant negativity in the world. But I was just thinking this week and like after watching so much stuff on social media and reading a bunch of different stuff, like, you know, I can't have a platform where I don't share when I have to about how important social justice is to me, you know, as an artist. And like, I always use this quote from the legendary Nina Simone. Uh, Nina Simone bravely said, an artist's duty is to reflect the times. And we're still like in these very discouraging times. 
you know, we're currently in, in the middle of AAPI Heritage Month and, you know, the shit going on at the border with like undocumented people and, you know, children are still in cages and, you know, we're continuing to fight for like Black Lives Matter and LGBTQI, and, like everything happening with like, you know, Palestine and, I don't know, I was just like, woke up today and I was just like in tears and it's just like so horrible. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And we are caught in an unescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. So I just wanted to get on my soapbox <laughs> on this podcast, right? And uh, just remind people to not get complacent, right? Continue educating yourselves and, and speaking loud about things that you, you know, you, you've researched, you know what you're talking about, um, even if your voice breaks, right? It's important to keep fighting against these systemic and systematic problems that we're facing, like all the oppressions in the world. And whether it's protesting or financially donating, donating your time to like charity and, and research and whatnot, or just using your platform and, and making art, like you have to do something because there's so much going on and we can't be complacent. So that's all I'll say about that. And I have to say something because it was just weighing very, very heavy on my heart. So oh, of course. Week. And, you know, I know we like to always talk about in the mic checks, um, mm-hmm. entertainment or a past survival job, but also this is our mic check and our platform. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. if anytime you feel like you want to say something, you need to say it. Yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I want, I would like to just say something else, like totally mm-hmm. off topic of what you just said. But when, I'm, when I was speaking earlier and I said something I've been feeling heavily the past couple of days is, is self-love and, and going off of like the times and like forgiving yourself and whatever. I've been so mean to myself about my body. It's so sad because Haley, you yeah. know, this wedding I just went to and I had the best time so emotional like I feel like I have not stopped crying since and the pictures just got sent out and I'm looking at all these pictures and I'm like oh oh my god I look so fat in that picture why did I do my hair that way it makes my ears look big and my face looks fatter that way and it's just like shut up like love Mm -hmm. yourself those pictures and the way I'm so mean to myself then like almost ruin the moment of the happiness we all just felt sure I gained 15 pounds this year, but I've also been like sad and depressed about like uh, similar things to what you were just talking about of the world Mm -hmm. and, and systematic issues and all of that. And then also life in the pandemic and being lost with your parents. And it's like, okay, I had one too many bottles of wine and took, one two less of runs <laughs> that make sense. <laughs> yeah That's that makes sense <laughs> so you know and, and 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 i feel like women especially always are so mean to their bodies and like i didn't wear a bra at this wedding and my nipple is out and i'm like oh my god my nipple's out okay well i'm a woman <laughs> and i have nipples everybody yeah. has nipples um everybody does some have yeah. more than two <laughs> that, yeah some have more that's than okay two. And that's fine. And just because my nipples are out in some of these and maybe some of these photos are not the most flattering. So what? That's my body. That's where I am right now in my life. And so another like PSA, you you know, you give your (laughs) my PSA for the day is like, just love yourself and accept that like your body is a reflection of where you are or maybe not. Maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. you are thicker and that's fine. And that's who you are. And that's what you look like. And that's your goddamn body. And just learn to embrace it and love it and like cancel out the noise of like media or like people around you or all of it. It's too much. We got real deep, real early. Yeah. No, (laughs) I I mean, 
it's what we happens. We haven't done and, this yet. Yeah. I know. And like, I feel like there's always, and I, I don't want to speak for women, obviously, because I'm not a woman, but you know, it's just hearing from, you know, friends and there's just all this pressure for you all to be a certain way, especially when you're an entertainer, right? Like I, there was like this recent article, I think it was the New York Times that was like, you know, Broadway is, is delaying coming back. Yeah. And, you know, it's just this pressure, this extra layer of pressure, right? That is put on for our performers, especially, especially women. And I like having these discussions because they're important to have. And I hope that people listen and maybe, you know, one less person is mean to themselves, you know? Yeah, one, one less, less person. person is looking at their nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and you're perfect the way you are, Samantha. Your so pictures you. look gorgeous. So when you said that to me, I was very surprised because, you know, that's not what I saw. But Yeah, you know, love yourself, people. And I love our deep mic check today, Jace. I love you. I love you too, boo. Should we get into our buddy? <laughs> get into our buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> That was funny. Let's lighten the mood back up. <laughs> and let's get to our buddy. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Keith. I'm so excited for this one. So today we're That's talking great. to Keith White. got a black-ass voice. Yeah, he does. That. I know. <laughs> um, I've known Keith for a few years, just through some mutual friends. And, and he's really awesome. He's a great person, as well as an incredible performer. So this one should be fun. You want to yes. talk a little bit about him, Jason? You want to start it off? Yeah, Keith White is a New York-based actor and singer. He grew up in Georgia and California, and he's always had a passion for performing, making music, and writing, which led him to seek his higher education at the Boston Conservatory. Woo-woo, Boston Conservatory. Um, Some of his theater highlights include touring with the National Tour, (laughs) touring with the National Tour of Jersey Boys (laughs) and performing on Broadway and A Bronx Tale. Uh, He was just recently seen in Drew Gasparini's virtual concert, New Voices, where he performed some of his original music, which, by the way, people check him out at It's Your Boy Keith White. He'll talk about it later, too, and check out these videos because he really slayed it with with his original music and his performing it's just really 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 beautiful to watch and incredible and entertaining 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 yes and his voice like it's literally so soulful it's like butter like butter (laughs) butter 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 invite him into the zoom yeah i love when we get to this part (laughs) all right bring him in Hi, Keith. Hey, we're in. Uh, we're in yeah. the pod. Thank you for <laughs> Welcome coming to the on. Zoom. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. And taking time out of your busy travels to talk to us. Oh, my God. It's my pleasure. Yay. How have you been over the whole pandemic? It's been a crazy, crazy year. So how have oh. you been? What's going on? You know, gosh, it's like crazy to recap it now. It's been so long and we're still kind of in it a little bit. But our I don't know. I, I, I like kind of loved it. <laughs> I kind of did too. To no, like <laughs> in the moment it was like, oh wow, permission to rest. Yes. I, I, some, I, I've said to like my girlfriend a bunch of times, like, I feel like I summoned the pandemic some, at one point. Like <laughs> I was like writing a lot, just like, I need a fucking so drink. Like I, cause well, actually at the time I had a survival job that I hated. I shouldn't say I hate it. It really was, you know, I, a friend set it up with me. So I was very grateful for it, but it was, it was killing my soul. 
I hated it. And so I, I kept saying, I need a fucking break. I just want everything to stop. And then everything stopped. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, everyone. I caused the pandemic. I know. I know. I hope Please forgive me. That's funny you say I that. It. I feel like a lot of um, survival jobs, you're always like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. It's great, but I fucking hate it. Yeah. But I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you get wrapped up in feeling accountable and responsible for the survival job. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, but I hate this. Wait a second. I, I hate I hate this. I, like, <laughs> you forget that like, I, I don't want to be doing this. Oh, also you just, congratulations. You just came off of a concert. Didn't you just come off of a concert? Oh, yes. How yes. was that? Tell us about it. And also, can you tell us how it was like and how maybe it's been filming and doing concerts virtually through the pandemic For sure. that you caused? It was so my friend Drew Gasparini, he had been doing this platform at Rockwood Music Hall uh, before the pandemic for like a year. Oh, I love that venue. Oh, it's so good. And he was doing this thing once a month where he it was called New Voices or actually at the time it was called Drew Gasparini and Friends. And but it was a platform for uh, new songwriters. So he would play about 15 minutes worth of material. And then he then then a new songwriter that was trying to like make a name for themselves and present their work would come up and do like 30 or 40 minutes. And and, uh, you know, it'd be like one of their first gigs or something like that. And it was it was really so much fun because afterwards we'd all fucking go drink and, you know, just have a great time. So the pandemic happened. He in collaboration with this uh, Center for the Arts in Virginia called the Ferguson Center of the Arts uh, started doing it virtually. And so I was the second person to do it. And it was tough during the pandemic to figure out like how to get stuff done. And I had been trying to make things with other production companies that just kept falling through for one reason or another. And one day that one of the other ones fell through and Drew called me the next day, like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I've known Drew since I was uh, like 13 so it really just was like, of course it happened this way. Like, of course it yeah. circles back to Drew. And But the show was great. Uh, you were great. Congratulations. All, oh, you sounded you awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. It was all original music. My first time kind of presenting all original stuff. But then it ended and I was partly happy it was over. But then also I had like postpartum depression. I really missed working on it. <laughs> like I had nothing to do now except for my oh. survival job, which I started to hate. I find that if I'm working on something plus my survival job, my survival job is like super cool. Like, oh, everyone's great. But if I'm only doing my survival job, I can't stand it. Do, do you have an album out? I know it's not a question on the list, Sam. Sorry. But... Add it in. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I um, The songwriting thing is... I mean, I've worked on stuff for a long time, but the pandemic was it like an accelerant because I was just spending all day, you know, the days would go like, wake up, watch Cuomo in the morning, and then, <laughs> and then Same. Like, you know, I would just go to GarageBand and keep teaching myself how to use it and make beats and write things. And then my girlfriend would play animal crossing and then we'd like come together for yoga eat something yes. that was like that was every day and it was yeah. glorious but no i don't have a cd i guess that's the, the the next step right now is write more songs and you know record stuff and maybe put it out there i 
it's weird. I really want to do it. I've always wanted to do it, but I'm also like terrified because I've never done it. And sometimes imposter syndrome creeps in and whatever. I told you before we started, you have a black ass voice that you're so, so full. I was blown away. So you have a customer right here. Number one. Definitely. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, Perfect. If anything, take all my pandemic money. Oh, all your pandemic. I'm sure that's so much money. Okay, Gotta so get Jason, you that Kickstarter going for your album. Ooh, maybe Kickstarter. We'll, we'll put it on our Instagram. We have so many followers. We have okay. 200. We have 222 followers or something like that. Hey, you know hey. what? Start somewhere. If each one of those people gave a dollar sure. to your Kickstarter for your album, that okay. would be 222 dollars toward your album. <laughs> exactly. Except right. I could probably use it for rent or something. Or yeah. Yeah. Survival job. Sur- yeah. Everything is a survival job. Oh my gosh. Um. So speaking of survival jobs, what was your best one and why? I'll tell you like what I've done most is like waiting, waiting yeah. tables and stuff. And I'll tell you my favorite parts about that. Yeah, great. I, love that. Dude, I love like when I'm working a survival job, I can like actually figure out who the real sort of the real me is because I'm not worried because like, I'm not worried about making an impression on these people or whatever, or like keeping a job or networking or any fucking bullshit. Like, you know, that the industry sort of fosters. They're like, I'm myself. And the stuff that really aggravates me, like aggravates me or the stuff that I really don't care about. Like I really kind of like, and that's what I feel like when I'm working with the other people in these restaurants, like there's no, um motive except for like we have to do this job so let's just get the job done and if you're nice to me like i like you if you're not i don't fuck with you and yeah and it and that that part is great because usually mostly the people i work with in restaurants are cool as shit i would say i would say the camaraderie of people you know at the restaurants usually is my favorite part um then and, and if i'm if i really make a friendship with you like it's a real friendship like it and it's we don't talk about it keeps me grounded in a reality of like we talk about what what is going on in the world what is go- not what is going on with our industry or you know people you know because that's so easy to get wrapped up in yeah when you're of doing course the acting thing that's so, so true and then i was saying to another actor that that informs sort of my acting like uh like oh i know who i am in this situation in real life because i've been in that situation now and I was 100% um, genuine. So I can take it to like a scene like, oh, you know, I know how I'd be here. Yeah. Kind of like that. If you're, doing yeah. eight shows a, if you're doing eight shows a week, you're not living like a normal person. No, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Wow. So do you have a worst survival job or like your least favorite one, one that you think of and it gives you shivers? I just have a moment. So I have so many moments. Yeah, during... give us the moments. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll say my first survival job was wait, they've pretty much all been waiting tables, except for like the one I did right before the pandemic was this like food tasting thing at grocery stores. And that one was right before I had a fucking break. That, that one might have been the worst because I was like, just like I just turned 30 and all, all this you know, bullshit in my head and COVID was, I was just, there was a bunch of bullshit in my life. And this job was like, it was terrible. It was soul sucking. I mean, I'm like bringing a, uh, it was, so it was, 
and you know, big ups to Lori Tishfield who got me this job. I graduated with her. She was looking out for me. So like, it's as big ups. yeah. Shout out to Lori. Thank Shout you. Shout out to Lori, like <laughs> for the opportunity. But the actual doing it was like you know, I had to carry these bags of frozen falafel and <laughs> like sauces and cups and spoons and a toaster Damn. oven on the subway to like a no. super like you on know the subway on the subway travel all this shit myself at these health food uh grocery stores not like a regular grocery store but like a really bougie upscale like clientele isn't a normal person they don't fucking like they're they yeah. you know they're they're used to getting what they want all the time kind of thing right, right. So, you know, that shit and just standing on my feet and wait, would you like to try fucking falafel? Like, won't you, you know, so that, that one, that one really sucked. It just, it was terrible. And then, and then the people think that I work at the grocery store. This one lady goes, Hey, can you get the manager for me? I like looked at her and was like, um, yeah, I think he's back that way. She walks around and comes back and she goes, did you get the manager for me? And I just looked at her and I was like, no. <laughs> and she, she looks at me no karen she goes she gives me a thumbs up and she goes cool what the fuck and i was just what like what the fuck that's straight up what she said she looks at me, what the fuck <laughs> and so and then she kept walking and i just was kind of like mm, i don't like i like i don't i don't know what to do i don't care like, i mean i don't know did she yeah. try the falafel is the biggest question no and she didn't and she didn't even give a shit about damn the falafel. at least if she tried the falafel it would be okay a little yeah. bit better not Dan, karen you don't want a free snack no. <laughs> good news is is that i don't think this is super sanitary in a post-covid world so good Yo. thing you don't have to return to that job <laughs> and i i really oh won't. i mean but i will so let me tell you about some bad moments this is i guess this will be more fun <laughs> I was doing my first waiting job ever. I was in college and uh, it was during the summer. I'd never waited tables before at all. And this place was like a cafe. So it was small, but you'd only really have one waiter on the floor at all. And one waiter in this place is like 14 two tops, which is like, you know, you can see them all, but it's still yeah. a little bit of a lot. And this this cafe was trying to to do a lot. They like wanted to be a cafe where it's like it's you know it's casual, but it's also really full. It was a really nice like wines and espresso and gelato and dinners and like they were just doing Damn. a little. So, but I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew nothing about wines or whatever. And people, you know, it was another clientele, a place where the clientele wanted to like, so what is this wine? You know, how much, you know, it was whatever. What's this made with? They, I did my, you know, you train for like a week and they leave me on the floor alone for the first time on a Friday night. And it just happened to be, you know, popping that night, like Every table was Friday, and so I'm, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I was freaking out. So, and we had like, we just had too many wines and wine flights and bullshit like that. And they're like, uh, I swear to God, every table was like, can, can I do the? Can I taste this? Can I have a wine flight of this or whatever? I have like a thousand tables asking me questions, and I come up to a table after leaving a table, and you know I'm lying too. They're like, can you tell me about this? And I'm like, yeah, sure, just like one second. And so you do walk away like, what the fuck am I going to come back and tell them about? Like, I don't even. 
So I'm thinking about another table. I walk up to a table and the first, first question this lady goes, can you tell me about this wine? And I put my hands over my face like this and I go, I can't. And I just started crying. <laughs> <gasps> oh no. Oh, no. And I just, I started crying. And thank God this woman, she was like a big grandma, you know, energy. And she's like, oh my God, come here, come here. And she starts giving me water. She's like, it's okay, it's okay. She's like, drink this. <laughs> I love her. I love her too. I hope she's okay. Plus, there was a motherfucker that was the barista that was some 20-something, whatever, that thought he was hot shit. And he was trying to talk to me some kind of way. And uh, so he added to it. And I think about him all the time, honestly. And if I ever saw him again, I don't know. We would have to talk some shit out. <laughs> Throw some hands, huh? Really, I mean, he just really... <laughs> I think about that moment more and more. As I, get older, I was like, that guy was a piece of shit. Like... You know, at the time I was like, I'm sorry, but now I get old. I'm like, what a fucking asshole. Like, whatever. What's his name? You know, we got to run up on him. Post COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember. I don't think I don't think that's I good. You song. blocked it out. Damn, 14 two tops. So that that gave me like stress to think about I that. I don't even think I could do like five two tops. <laughs> Wait, did y'all ever eat, used to eat the food like survival jobs to this level of like it's really survival where like free meals like yes and i used to get mad we used to have like a family meal and i used to get mad when they didn't have it i'm like i'm so broke i made like a hundred dollars tonight and you're even gonna feed us like are you kidding me (laughs) man oh man oh man i actually i I, here's a survival job kind of reflective moment i you know worked at car mines for you know a, a whole year before like booking like some some work and like getting to not have to do survival jobs and I had done the Jersey Boys tour and I came back and was walking on the Upper West Side and saw my old car mines that I was working at. And like I took a second and looked at it and had memories of there. And I remembered like one of my, cause it's corporate, you have like, what do you call those meetings? You have a like review meetings you yeah. know where the managers sit you down and like tell you how you're doing and what you can improve and blah 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 and at my review meeting they told me you know that you know what how i was doing and then they asked is there anything you want to say to us and i was like 23 and i was so genuine in saying like no nah, man like this is great like you know you feed me and i was like oh. so was like you guys feed me and they like laughed at me like what like that, that that's you know that's all you you know we feed you i was like yeah man it's like awesome like whatever and i thought about that review meeting as i was looking at the car mines and i thought about how like i mean i was safe i mean i was having one meal a day during those times to save money one meal and and then i thought like damn i eat three meals a day now and I just started crying <laughs> a lot. Man, your whole podcast is going to be about me crying. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I want to cry from that story. That's so nice. Oh, I mean, yeah. but yeah, I, I was really like, damn, I, I was like so grateful for, for that one family meal that was like, you know, rice and slop. Yeah, slop. <laughs> you know, talk about a glow up. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot in those survival jobs. There's, there's a lot. It in is. That. But I want to talk about something a little more happy. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about, because like, you know, every theater kid dreams of being on Broadway, right? Like that's sure. like their ultimate, ultimate dream is like Broadway, right? the big white way. For sure. And you made it. So can you tell us what your experience was like? Because you booked a Bronx Tale. 
Yeah. Um, so can you tell us like what that was like? Like maybe talk about the audition and then like the callbacks and then how you for felt sure. when you got that news? For sure. Wow. For sure. I, I got I'm fortunate with my Broadway experience that it was like, you know, fairy tale, like in the way that Aww. I mean the whole journey was like so I um I was auditioning for Jersey Boys. We did um, you know, four it was like four callbacks. After the last one, I got a call from I actually got an email from the casting director that was like, Hey Keith, I just want you to know that you're going to get an offer and I want you to know you did great. And so, you know, proud of you and everything. It was very sweet. I got it before, like, a, I was going on a date and I like couldn't really focus on the date. So, so I knew it was coming and then my manager, not my manager, my, my agent, I don't have a manager. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> Cause we've been talking about restaurants and managers. Yeah. yeah. It's like in your head. Um, my agent calls me. He's like, hey, so listen, I have I have two things to, to tell you about. So he told me about the Jersey Boys thing, which I knew was coming, but we still were like, yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> and then he was like, so I also have another offer for you if you want to do it. And it was for the dance lab of a Bronx Tale, which wow. like I didn't know what a Bronx Tale was. I didn't know it was a movie. I didn't know that. I've never seen the movie growing up. At, yeah, at the time, I'd, I'd never seen it. So yeah. I'd ne- I didn't know about the movie or whatever. And I didn't know that Attached was like Robert De Niro and Jerry Zaks. I didn't, you know, for all my theater people out, out there, I feel like I'm about to be blasphemous. But at the time, I didn't know who Jerry Zaks even was, that he was a big deal or whatever. But oh, they were like, listen, so it's a month long. You would do the dance lab for a month and then you would just go on tour. So like you'd have like, you know, that was like, it was cool. I have a job um, before I have a job. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the dream. That's like it really really was like an amazing situation. So I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's you know definitely." So then we start. I didn't, but I didn't like. I didn't have my equity card or anything like that. So we start the dance lab the first day, and I'm in New Forty Two, which is like you know the Broadway rehearsal spaces and shit. And I'm looking around in the in the hallway, and I see these Broadway folks and. They just, you know, they're, they're at work, you know, they're, they're, this is not a big deal. I mean, maybe, I don't know what they're thinking, but I can tell that they are used to this and I'm trying to act like I'm used to this. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, not talking to anyone. I'm definitely, and I'm like, definitely the youngest person there, you know, by a lot, or at least I felt like that later I would find out I I wasn't, but it, it, you know, the people I was looking Mm -hmm. at, these, this is their job. You know, this is, they are adults, adults. Adults, adults. So we're sitting around or whatever and waiting for the thing to start. And it starts and we have to have like the equity meeting first. And the first, so we're all sitting there. And the first thing that comes out of the equity representative's mouth, they go, the first thing out of their mouth is, who is Keith White? (laughs) And I was like, did you die? I slowly like raised my hand. I'm like (laughs) thinking I'm in trouble. Yeah. And they go, are you equity Keith White? And I'm like, Nah, like, you know, like, I just lost it. You know, I I just got here and I just lost it. I was like, no. And he goes, well, you're about to be. And then everybody clapped, like, everybody in the room started clapping or whatever. So. Are you crying? Not (laughs) again. You know, not yet. (laughs) Um, And then we start, then we have like a five. And on the five, Sergio Trujillo, um, who did Jersey Boys and like now was like a Tony Award winner. But at that time he was still a big deal then too, before, yeah. you know, the Tony. 
And he goes, so you're the guy I hired for Jersey Boys and this, and I've never seen you before, right? Because he wasn't in any of the Jersey Boys callbacks or whatever. And I got the Bronxdale thing from Jersey Boys, the audition. Gotcha, yeah. And uh, he goes, see the person I hired that I've never seen before. And I go, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm still terrified. So much of, <laughs> so much of this energy is just scared little boy, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, th- that's me. <laughs> And he goes, you're not going to let me down, right? And I go, no. And then he walks away. But also, that is a very Sergio thing to, like, you know, play some intimidating whatever. And I've, yeah. he knows me now, so I know <laughs> I know that, Sergio. Shout out to Sergio. That, shout, shout out to Sergio. To Sergio. <laughs> Actually, he's the man. So then, uh, so then, so whatever. We do the whole month-long thing, which was, you know, uh, six days a week. 10 to six, you know, for real job, job. And I loved every bit of it. It was a full month. And I remember the, the day before the last day rehearsal ended and I was going home on the subway and I cried on the, <laughs> someone that's going to be about me crying, but I cried. On the, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Are you a Libra? No, I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Libra. Oh. I cry a lot. So I was wondering. Yeah. I, we're just theater folk. <laughs> emotional people but I cried on the subway because it was about to end and I had planned like this whole long thank you to Sergio and shit and to everyone um and just my you know this whole telling how great I was for the experience and everything so we do our last day and we do presentations or whatever and at this point I had realized how big a deal it was I remember the, the the older vets like during the rehearsal process I was like is this a big deal and one of the guys who had done so many Broadway shows, he was like, this is as big as it gets. I was like, oh, well, really shit. Oh my God. At the end of the day, of the last day, I'm ready to go up to Sergio and be like, hey, uh, thank you so much for this experience. You know, it's meant this so much to me, blah, blah, blah. And before I get those words out, he puts his hands on my shoulders and he goes, Keith, you're going to be in this show. Because this was a dance lab. I thought it was over. Like not even just like, you know, the, the thing was over, but the whole experience was over for me. But he puts his hand on my shoulders. He goes, Keith, you're going to be in the show. And, you know, and I'm like, uh, what, uh, what, what, what? And I am trying to say goodbye and thank you. But he said that to me and was kind of like, I'll see you soon. And then walked away. And now I'm like, oh, what, you know, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. It was just beginning. I know. So then I go do Jersey Boys for like two years. Then the out of town Paper Mill Playhouse production of a Bronx Tale is starting. So we go do that. I take a break from Jersey Boys for like three or four months to go do that. Then I go back with Jersey Boys. Then I come back to do the Broadway. And then, you know- Yes, this, working actor. Yeah, it was a very good time in my life. <laughs> it was very, very, very good time. And then so then after that, the experience was was fairy tale. I mean, we got to do all the things. We got to like um, open a Broadway show. You know, I, I'm lucky that my Broadway debut was the opening a show. Some people like get a Broadway contract after yeah. the shows like Wicked's been running for a long time, but this was like, yeah, you know, I got to open you're a show. You're in the original Broadway cast. You're in the original. You're on the cast CD. Yeah, we're on the album. Got to have the album experience. Got to, wow. and then got to have the experience of doing a. I mean, it was we got a good solid. I think it was like a year and a half, um, almost two years Ooh. of that show. You also got to go to the Tonys, didn't you? Perform at the Tonys, or did I make that up? You made that up. That Got was, it. Uh, that was, um, 
<laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. That was in terms of the fairy tale thing I'm talking about. That was the sort of the one thing we didn't get to do. That got and got like it, got it, got it. the Macy's Day Parade. But I'm I'm really not too um too uh, upset about that. I <laughs> said that you made like, that up. <laughs> yeah, you made that up. But that's okay. I, you can keep Thank thinking you. it though. It's I good. will. I'll manifest it so then you will perform at the Tonys one day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what I was yes. actually doing. Oh, I love that. It was, it was a good, really, really, really dope, and made friends that I'll have forever, and uh, it was great. But you know, I also learned like what it really is, and it right. is work. Like eight shows a week is um, not normal. You like <laughs> people were not meant to do that we we do it and it's a beautiful thing but also like buh. <laughs> yeah like after the year and a half were you so gr- like grateful for a break oh yeah yeah no yeah yeah my knees will never be the same oh <laughs> my no back will never be the same oh wow um, oh that's no just how it is. that's just how it is keith i want to know more about you growing up who was like your biggest inspiration there's so many you know there's 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 a lot uh yeah, give us a couple yeah i don't have well, to be famous either or only famous yeah for sure for sure my dad is a big one he's a photographer he uh you know grew up going to school for and you know doing the artist thing at a certain point he had a family and had to do had to i guess i guess you could call it a, a survival job survival uh, job <laughs> he had to pivot and you know do something that was gonna support his family a little more but he but he is an artist first and so he always has that and so inspiration is one word for it i think teacher is a is like kind of a sort of a better word for it but he's it's just in terms of my like development as an artist he's just such a huge figure he knew how to talk about being an artist from the jump that was really helpful and beneficial to me and it's still it's still there and it's also something we can connect on so like so that he's he's one yeah i've had pretty dope people in my life like there's a there's a teacher mrs gates um mrs emily gates yeah she's amazing she i think so she when i when i graduated high school i think she was 68 and she it was a public high school i went to mm-hmm. and I, I, there was an opportunity for me to audition for like a, a, you know, performing arts school and everything, but I didn't want to go because of her, because she just turned this public high school music program into just such a fantastic program that, I mean, a lot of kids go, come from that program and like do really great things. And she yeah. just, also just teaches people, students, like how, how to really treat each other and love each other mm-hmm. and and the basis of music i mean she, she 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 i'm painting her in this like really rainbows and music and love and heart and everything, <laughs> which it's there but you know the day-to-day is like she is 68 like i think five foot nothing but commands respect without doing anything but just like she talks quietly and if everyone gets out of hand she just stops and like she looks at everyone as if like what are you like like is this a joke like we're working it was all about work all the time she she gave us i know going to a musical theater school i definitely had a leg up in my understanding of music just from what she taught us like 
she was really all about the theory, music theory, which like I'm still not great at, but you know, like sight singing and dictation and everything. Like I, I, I understood it a lot more than I thought I did once I got to college and everything. Yeah, she ran the whole thing. So, so she's an inspiration. And then like musically, Pops introduced me to Led Zeppelin early on. That was, that's a big one. And Stevie okay. Wonder, that's a big one. And, and I heard you singing Stevie Wonder on your Instagram. That was, that's a big one. And then yeah, Kurt Elling is a singer that's big to me. In terms of acting, I don't know. Jim Carrey, when I was growing up, to me was God. Love him. <laughs> All of us, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Mask was my favorite movie for a long time. Me too. Oh I, that's one of those things, I feel like if it was put on, I haven't seen it in, I don't know how long, but I bet you I could do every single yeah, word. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, how so, that movie's never on anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't cable I anymore. I find out if it's like problematic in some way now. Oh, probably. wow. <laughs> it know, probably is. We were just talking about Mrs. Doubtfire. It was like, yeah, that movie's actually kind of fucked up. Like he, like we really let yeah. him get away with a lot of shit because he was funny. Uh, but he was <laughs> yeah. funny. I mean, he really, Robin Williams was amazing. So, so those are your inspirations, but do you have uh, like a dream role or somebody you dream about collaborating with on music or a show? Oh, collaborating with. That's a really good question. I mean, I would love to sing with Kurt Elling on something. I love, 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 love. Like Frank Ocean. I had this uh, connection with him when I got out of, out of college. Yeah. That was just huge. I did a cabaret like that was a tribute to him. And he really, so if I could work on something with him, that'd be amazing. I mean, in the musical theater world, like I pray to do a Stephen Sondheim show like at a really, really high level. I There's one project that I really hope I get to do, but I feel like I'm getting older and older. I was working on this thing by my friend Gilbert that I just fell in love with it was called bout to blow and one day it will come out and people will see it and it's absolutely genius what i got to do in the show when we were doing like readings and stuff of it i fell in love with so i i hope that i get to do that one day but i am getting older and you know it's gonna be hard to believe at a certain point if i you know if it, you know if it doesn't happen soon you have uh, a young face you have a young face oh Thank you, Sam. You yeah, gotta just shave. Just shave yeah. yeah. If I shave this, <laughs> yeah. The this guy Rafael Casal. I hope he hears this. He. <laughs> I love him from Blind Spotting, right? From Blind Spotting. Oh my gosh, I love him so much. Yeah. I hope well, I, you gotta work I, with him. I would love to work with him one day. Um, He's like the truth. Him and David. So sick, so sick. And they're from the Bay Area, and I. You're from there too, right? Yeah, I moved there when I was 10. And so like, gotcha. then it's even more like, oh, I just fucking, those guys, those guys. But I don't know, I, I could go on and on. There's so many people I'd love to work with. Um, Come on, there's people in the universe where I'm like, you're going to work with Rafael Casal. Rafael Casal, Frank Ocean. Yeah. Uh, Dave then, Chappelle. And then you'll perform at <laughs> yes. the Tonys or Manifesting perform Everything Tonys, Today. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, I really wanted, I, here's another thing I'll manifest. I always wanted someone to do a musical using Prince music. I would love to be in that musical if it ever happens. <laughs> yes. Let's write it. Let's write it. <laughs> yeah, I'll write it. Not Come the, on. We can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's The list could go on and on and on. Well, we're we're close to the end, Keith. Well, the end oh of the God. interview portion. Okay. Before we wrap up, though, can you share one piece of advice you have 
for anyone who wants to pursue a career in, in the theater or maybe just in, an artist in general? Don't forget, you know, why you get into it. If you're really about it, like it's because you love it. You know, it's funny whenever I ask, someone asks me to give advice, like I end up giving the advice that I'd want someone to give me, <laughs> you know, it, it's like yes. I'm giving myself advice, but like, like just, you know, keep doing it, keep doing the thing for the love of it. And, and be honest with what you do because as long as you're honest with how you you know move and and what you put out oh this is great I'll, I'll i'll say it like this because a teacher said it to me and i think about this all the time the industry is going to want to put you in a box and you are so much more than the box that people are going to want to put you in so you know make your own work you know, and be honest with how, what you want to say, because uh, that, that way you can, you can decide who you are. And, and if, what you, when you decide who you are, other people want to then maybe like emulate it. Like, you know, they always say that word type and shit. It's yeah. Like, oh, you know, well, we want like a so-and-so type. We want a Patty Lapone type, or we want a blankety blank blank type. It's like, well, there would never was a fucking Patty Lapone type until Patty Lapone was just herself. Um, for a long time and then yeah. now there's a Patty Lapone type, you know. Yeah. So just do you be honest and you know, do it do the thing that's gonna make you happiest and because you know, and, and fuck the numbers, you know, don't get wrapped up in the numbers game because numbers never end. You know, like yeah. numbers go on to infinity, so then you're the that yes. that thing you'll ne- it'll never it'll never be enough and you know. Yeah. Keith White is preaching today. There we go. <laughs> More than the box and preaching. fuck the numbers. Yeah, exactly. That's what yes. I just took away. Thank exactly. you. Um, this is my favorite question to ask because I think it's funny and hard. Funny and hard. If you had to work your least favorite survival job or from our conversation, like live in these moments of like shitty survival job moments for the rest of your life to have like your dream artistic career for three years bliss like your most perfect artistic dream happen but then you have to return back to your survival jobs forever would you do it so i can still be like (laughs) so i can like i can still be creative and do other things like yeah you can like you can like perform on a wednesday yeah the three years you have whatever your ultimate artistic dream is whether it's with frank ocean yeah you're working on that stevie not stevie wonder music that prince musical your album is dropped yeah (laughs) everything in those three years that you could possibly want but then you're back at carmine carmine's (laughs) oh my god that's tough i like part of me says like yeah because I've also grown to learn that the survival job thing is, or not the survival job thing, but the chase of the big dreams is not everything. Like for so long it was everything. And now I just, and maybe this is, you know, this is partly, you know, pandemic wisdom, but like, I'm, I'm, you know, the survival job I have right now is pretty chill. Like it's, it's just, you know, at most it's like five hours in a day. And then I'll come home to like the family that I have created in New York with my girlfriend and my dog. And that's a great thing. And I have my friends that are the fam, the other family, the other family that I've created, that is a beautiful thing. And if I still can like sing and shit and put stuff out, like that works too. Part of me says yes. But another part of me is like, "Mm, 
like, mm, uh, you know, I, um, you want a falafel? <laughs> <laughs> oh that shit! One, I don't know if I could do that one. Yeah, I don't. That's a really hard question. Yeah, it's part hard. of me says yes, but part of me says no. I don't. I I really I don't know. You can answer was, both. That's fine. Think, we have no rules. Yes, I think it's yes and no. But it could it could probably just be it could probably just be yes because three years is of of doing it of doing a big dream job is better than not at all which could be which really could be the reality with that right. I mean the <laughs> never never getting it is is very real for a lot of people and also the not dream you. changes yeah you know, I only want to be on Broadway and now I've done it like. I got a new thing I want to do so yeah and your dreams like expanded yeah so you can just, give us a mix that's it's fine a mix. it's a mix that's a I will, you're the first one who gave us a mix that's great yeah yeah okay now we're gonna play a really fun game let's play the game foodsicles this, this was born in Jason's brain yeah we called it foodsicles <laughs> we're gonna ask you a question about a musical that is sort of related to food since you've worked a lot in the hospitality industry <laughs> some of them are multiple choice and some are not she said want to take the first one Jason, yeah, cue the, the music. music. <laughs> I'll cue the music. Yes, music. In the musical Sweeney Todd, what do they decide to use as the main ingredient in the pies? People. Correct. Ding, ding, yes, correct. That was an easy one. That was a good one. Yeah, we're starting out. In the musical Beauty and the Beast, which character sings the famous song, Be Our Guest? Lumiere. Two yes. for two. Great job. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, my Killing it. <laughs> my roots are the they're coming out they're coming out uh in the musical oliver there's a song called food glorious food uh-huh what goes with their hot sausage oh shit <laughs> it's multiple choice so a oh. hot sauce b mustard c sauerkraut or d ketchup i have no mm-hmm. idea so i'm sitting over here like what is the best word to rhyme with Oh, you don't know Oliver? No, I got it. It's mustard. Correct. Ding, ding, because, ding. Because I know they say something about plata de custard. Yeah. I know that they say custard. <laughs> good job, Keith. Really three good. For three for three. Three for three. Okay. Oh, baby, come six, on, baby. By the way. This is not multiple choice. In the musical, how does this... Okay, now I can't speak. How to succeed. How to succeed. In the musical, how to succeed in business without really trying, what do the office workers claim they will die without? Coffee. Break. Correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, Keith, you're killing it. Guys, I feel really good about this. I feel good about it, too. <laughs> but now I'm getting cocky. Okay, hang on. Okay. In the musical, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, what kind of Christmas do the ladies sing about? A, a sweet cherry pie Christmas. B, a baked banana bread Christmas. C, a hard candy Christmas. Or D, a candy apple Christmas. Damn it. <laughs> a hard candy Christmas or a candy apple Christmas? Is that two? Yeah, those are the give two. Give you a lifeline. It's one of those two. Yeah. That is. Yeah, you're very close. I'm going to go with hard candy Christmas. Oh, my God. Got it. That's oh, I did. Ding, okay, ding, cool. ding. <laughs> in the opening song in Waitress, opening up, what is the special pie of the day that Jenna refers to? A, strawberry dream pie. B, deep dish shit blueberry bacon pie. Getting out of the mud mud pie. C, sorry. D, coconut unicorn cream pie. 
Damn it. Oh. Do you know Waitress? I feel like I've seen it once and I was like, I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> I saw Waitress once. I had a great time. My roommate mm. was producer on it with Ben. Yeah. You, yeah. Shout out to and Joe Joe. Longthorne. Shout out to yes. Joe Longthorne. Um, we love. I, I cried the whole time. <laughs> damn it. I feel bad that I don't. Really do you want them again? Do you want me to read them again? No, I think I, I think it's definitely not the shit blueberry one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with getting out of the mud. So that's incorrect. Mm. Oh. I'm so sorry mm. to break Don't it to you. Don't tell me it's the blueberry shit pie. It is, and I, <laughs> and I, <laughs> still gonna give you that point because I think you didn't get it because of my delivery. By the way, <laughs> just to let you know, getting out of the mud mud pie is an actual pie from the show. So you were not too okay. far off. Okay. Okay. But Cal says, Jenna, what's the special pie today? And she says, deep shit blueberry, deep dish blueberry bacon. Oh, So I, I guess I, if I gave that a better delivery, you could have gotten it. So as long as Jason agrees, I think we'll still give you 100%. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, you deserved it. <laughs> okay. Keith, this was your prize is we're gonna this manifest all these good things for you. That's your prize. I'm gonna manifest this is the number one podcast, you know, on Apple Music coming up soon. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, and oh. thanks for coming on. This was fun. I hope you had a good time. I did. This yeah, wait, before you go, Keith, you gotta tell us your uh socials, your social yes. media, so we can stalk you. Okay, so <laughs> it's your boy Keith White. I-T-A-I-T-S-Y-A-B-O-Y-K-E-I-T-H-W-H-I-T-E. Spill out the whole Killing thing. Killing it. So that's, it. that's really my only social. And you know what? On the I'm, Instagram. I, I really, I go big, big times in between posts, uh, big, long. And I'm trying to be better about that, especially because I'm trying Same. to get my own shit out there. So look out, y'all. I'll, I'm trying to post more shit so you can have more shit to uh, enjoy. Yes, and keep an oh, eye yes. out for that album that is gonna come. Okay, that's right. Well, we, keep an eye out right now just for the. I'm gonna keep posting songs from the last concert I did. So yes, that'll yes. be something to look forward to. That's Incredible. amazing. And don't that forget so- to follow us. Sorry, that's why my mom hates me. No, no, <laughs> you're right. I'm gonna follow you right now. Watch me as I do it. Yeah, don't forget to follow <laughs> us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and a Survival Jobs a podcast oh. on Facebook. Guys, I'm already following you. Beach. Yes. One of the two. Yes. Thank you, Pastor White. (laughs) (laughs) The the cussing pastor. (laughs) Yeah, I really love the story of standing in front of Carmine's eating three meals a day now. Dude, it's so funny to think about that. But I really was like, damn, I eat three meals a day now. (laughs) Upper West Side, like crying. But thank you so much for your time and your energy and just you know, dropping those pearls on us. Yeah, and those Jeez, stories. Yes, thanks for having me. This was fun. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org, because only together we rise.